0: Today on The Rise to the Top, I'm joined by Jenny Blake, the creator of Life After College, to talk about in extreme detail, I mean extreme detail, her rise as an author, entrepreneur, blogger, and online brand builder. And for some extra fun, I mean, who doesn't want some extra fun? Jenny and I both reveal the exact terms of our book deals That happened a couple years ago with our respective publishers to let you in on a little bit more details about the publishing industry and just kind of, you know, pull back that kimono, if you will. You're not gonna want to miss this coming up right now on the rise to the top. And before we get started, a few quick messages and a quick shout out to our sponsors that make it possible for me to bring you the Rise to the Top absolutely free, no charge. First and foremost, go to webinar by Citrix Online. Now, if you are looking to create Educational content that sells. Do a Q and A session. Heck, a webinar of any kind. You need GoToWebinar. Period. It is the choice of all the top peeps who host webinars. Try it free on me. No credit card required. Head over to GoToWebinar.com. Click the Try It Free button. Enter the promo code Special. And Carbonite. Whether you have one computer at home or several at your small business. You know, whatever you're doing, Carbonite backs up your files automatically and continually. You don't even need to worry about it. It's in the background. It's not going to slow down your computer, any of that stuff. Carbonite is the better backup plan. And take it from me. A few years ago, I lost all my files, and then I joined with Carbonite, and it hasn't happened since. I do not want this to happen to you. So here's what you can do free trial today. Carbonite.com, no credit card required. It's truly a free trial. And then use the promo code RISE to get two months additional off your plan if you decide to buy. So use the promo code RISE if you decide to buy. And finally, uh quick reminder create awesome interviews, which is my complete training program to create your own the Rise to Top Like Empire. So you can interview the key people in your niche in your industry and build your credibility and your traffic and all the things that come along with doing interviews—it really is a very cool industry, or or you know, to be involved in. So, uh, I've reopened the program, and you know, really because a lot of my graduates have been getting unbelievable results. Here's what here's what uh, Jeff Hicks had to say. He said, "I could have saved my money, slugged through the process of building an interview show, and made a ton of mistakes in order to learn what David shares and create awesome interviews." I I probably would have never gotten the first interview up. I'm still making mistakes, but I have a friggin' interview show. I'm making better mistakes, learning from them, growing my show rather than struggling with the basics and wishing I had a show. Create Awesome Interviews showed me, sing along. This is how we do it. I've done it, and I am getting better every day. Get the program. You could do it too. Uh, And Jeff's show can be found at sparkstofire.com. And if you want to check out Create Awesome Interviews to see if it's a fit, it's createawesomeinterviews.com slash let's do it. createawesomeinterviews.com slash let's do it. Well, welcome, my friends. This is The Rise to the Top the uncensored uncut unconventional show for badass experts thought leaders and personal brands I'm david seitman garland and you know whether you're you're at the beginning stages of building your brand and dominating online or you've been at it for a while and you're just looking to turn it up a degree that's what the rise tops all about learning from successful people who have done it so you know get ready to get a little naked today not gonna lie with our, our rising rock star jenny blake jenny has completely dominated dominated The right out of college market, you know, the people that graduated early 20s, that kind of stuff, with a blog, brand, and book and has really put on her, herself on the map as a credible expert. And in today's convo, we talk about the story to date, including how she came up with her brand and got started and why she decided to go after early college graduates, if you will, how she built her audience and fans, how she went from blog to book, all the juicy details, the results, how she got burnt out, and what she did next, and how she is shifting her business model and what is working now. All kinds of ideas, inspiration. Really, really going to enjoy this uh, with Jenny Blake coming up right now. Alright, well this interview, I don't, it's not even an interview, this chat has been waiting in the, wor- the weeds for how long? I don't know, Jenny Blake, she's been traveling around, we've been trying to track her down, and now we got her. Jenny, welcome to the Rise to the Top, my friend. Thank you so much.
1: I am honored to be a guest on your show.
0: You know, I was thinking of doing like an intro, and you're an author... An entrepreneur. How you know? I'm always curious about this at cocktail parties, or in uh, a cocktail party like we're having right now, without the cocktails. How would you describe sort of like what you do, if you will?
1: For starters, I'm absolutely terrible at this.
0: Right, I suck <laughs> at it too. That's why I ask everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I learned from Mute Safety. He said he used he did the split test of what he would tell people <laughs> a writer versus, versus an author, and at that moment I decided, all right, screw it. I'm going to tell people I'm an author. And the hilarious thing about that is I really don't spend my days writing books. I really don't make any money from my book, at least not yet. So it's more the catalyst for conversation where then I can get into, yeah, and from there I do coaching and speaking and teach yoga now.
0: Right. You know, it's funny that you say that. First of all, I spend half my life trying to figure out what to say to people anyway with that kind of stuff. And I I do agree with what you just said there and what Ramit said is that if you say author – Right. which we both are and a lot of people that are listening and watching this are authors too. It, it doesn't matter if you had like a tiny little pamphlet. Like people <laughs> yeah. people are like, "Oh, oh, here's yeah. my daughter." No, not really. But I'm saying like, you know, what it's always a catalyst for conversation. So, you yeah, know, it's it's funny how that works, right?
1: Right. It generates curiosity. And something about it feels like if I say blogger, that's not quite it even though that's what I do most of the time that doesn't really generate revenue. With the author thing, people are at least curious and they so many people want to write a book themselves. So I find that it opens up conversation and then I can get to everything else that we do in this internet entrepreneurship world.
0: Got it. So I'm here with author Jenny Blake. <laughs> and, and now let's talk about, here's another kind of tricky quantifying question. Um, yeah. Is that we're going to talk a lot about sort of where you built your brand um, in, in that specific niche, which is really, you know, your, your big blog's life after college. So it's, for, it's, it's career advice and life advice for people that are graduating college. So how would you define, though, when someone's like, quickly, here's the Today Show, we're calling, like, tell us what your expertise is really, really fast. What would, what would you, how do you quantify it?
1: The part that's the most obvious to explain is I, help, I like to help people focus on the big picture of their lives through practical tools and tips. So I have a template for just about everything, job interview one-sheeter, four-step budget template. I even have a breakup processing template to help you work through it. Well. Nice. So I have this ability to create structure and order and help people think through and find clarity on their big questions in life. Now, at the end of the day, what do I really blog about? My own life, my own struggles, Mm -hmm. really nothing that I've said in the last two or three years is specific just to a 22-year-old getting out of college. I've made a promise to be as transparent as I can about my own journey around everything, and that continues today. And I just hope that it provides some sense of comfort for people because ultimately, no one has the answers, and so much of our 20s is spent Sitting in our own whirlpools of uncertainty and questioning and wondering who we are and who, what we're meant to do in the world, and to the extent that I can help people get clear on those things and feel less alone in the world, that's how I know that I'm doing my job.
0: Right, it makes sense. And is how would you say like what's the typical Jenny Blake fan, <laughs> reader, uh, person? Are they are they twenty? two-year-old college graduate? Are they, like, what, like, is there, is, there, is there a typical or if not a typical demographic, is there a typical thing that these people are interested in?
1: It really, really runs the gamut. I definitely have a lot of recent college grads, and especially once the book came out and right. people started getting it for graduation gifts. Lots of recent grads. Then I have a set of later 20-somethings who've kind of grown with me, and they've been following for a few years. I've had my blog for approaching five years now, and the website has been up for seven.
0: Yeah, and then that's a long time. The
1: I love is these surprise people who are in their women and men who are in their forties, fifties, and sixties who are reading, okay. and that to me is such an honor. And I, I know that there's something next for me beyond life after college, and I'm not sure exactly what it is yet. But I wanted to speak to all those people too. Yeah, it, well,
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because. You know, when I when I see it, I, I had some friends that w- actually, when I was in college and 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 kind of right after, that really focused on sort of that college market. You know, yeah. and the problem that they had with that market specifically was, you know, what they get older, shocking. Do you know what I mean? I, I know, I know. Who would who would have thought? You know what I'm saying? And so and they evolved and they changed and just like just like you are. Did you ever think about? You know. Talking to, let's say, college graduates and, and going that advice route, as I get older and I might change and might lose interest in that, was that ever something you were like, God, there's sort of a limited shelf life with where I'm going with this direction? Or, or was that something you were like, nah, I'll figure it out?
1: Absolutely. I remember when I first bought the domain Life After College, it was 2005. So at the time, I don't know, I was 21 or 22, 21, I think, in any case. I remember doing some research and seeing these other kind of after-college bloggers and speakers who were in their later 20s. And I was like, what did they know? They're yeah, so what are you
0: doing, Grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what
0: are you, like 26? Now I'm
1: yeah. yeah, now I'm the one turning 29. And these, I'm sure there are people saying, well, what does she know? She's out of touch. There are 100 other bloggers now who have just recently graduated. And so I felt like there was a very clear fork in the road for me and I'm kind of at it right now, which was I fell into life after college because at the time it was personal experience, and I love all the work that's been created, and I'm so grateful to have had that be a catalyst for the book. Right. And I'm realizing that as I go into my 30s, I don't still want to be talking about life after college. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and, and we'll. But talk- some people do that very successfully. Yeah,
0: and we'll talk more about that. I think that the you see a lot of people that what though the key is though you've been at this for you know, over five years, and I think that the lesson here, because I, I don't want people to sit there and say, okay, I can just go, I can be fitness dude on day one, and then I'm going to be clothing girl, well, they just switched <laughs> genders there, but, uh, it, it, you know, uh, you know uh, clothing person the next year, I mean, you really... Dominated though this niche for like five plus years. So I, I want that to hammer home. It's okay to move on, but I'm saying it's, it, I don't yeah. want people to think like just do it for six days and then you can move on. Um, now let's talk about the life after college brand. Sure. Uh, you know, when you jumped in, there's a lot of different ways you can start. You know, uh, tell us about what you were doing at the time where you were working, correct? Yeah. Uh, and also, was there a business model? Did you just start with a blog? Where, what were, where was kind of your head at uh, when you got started with a life after college brand?
1: Yeah. I I was working at Google for – I worked at Google for five and a half years. Okay. And I had my blog and website that whole time. was kind of growing it on the side. And I I am the worst example of a blog to business. I mean now I've been successful. <laughs> but for Why? four years, I don't even think I had a newsletter opt-in. Oh, and so, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like giving you heartburn? It's no, I'm just joking, heartburn. because
0: I did it for like a year and a half, and that gives me an ulcer still on a daily basis. So. I
1: know, and it's like, God, I'd be a millionaire by now if I had... We'd
0: like, be doing this interview from our yachts. I know. We'd be like, screw you guys, yeah. From
1: my G6, yeah, right. from a private plane. I um, So for the first, until my book came out, I was terrified to even sell anything. I, the first thing I wow. sold four years in, and it was my book, and I was nervous to ask people to pay for a $12 book, because up till that point, I had been blogging for the love of it. I had a full-time job at Google. I, I felt like, you know, I, I don't really need to be asking people for money and hustling for money. Kind of silly in hindsight, because it's not black or white. I could have been doing both. Um, but for the first good while, I really I didn't even actively try to get traffic. I just thought if I build good content, readers will come and they will tell their friends. And, so, and I networked a lot, not, not in a gross, annoying way, but I loved meeting other bloggers. I felt like, oh, finally I'm finding my people. And so I really enjoyed the process of connecting with people who were in a similar niche. And all of that really helped build the momentum so that when the book did come out and I did quit my job and start offering courses. Thankfully, I didn't know that this would be the case, but thankfully, I had an audience that believed in me and had been following me for a while and felt like they could trust the quality of my work. Yeah, and
0: and it's funny that you, this is fascinating because, I I love it, because people go into different spectrums, you Mm -hmm. know, and a lot of people are successful in it that came from many different spectrums. So, like, for example, some are at the beginning, I know, that are very calculated. They're like... I'm going to start it. This is the business model. Once I have 5,000 subscribers, I'm going to offer them this. This is how much it's going to cost. And there's like that strategic part of the brain. And then there's the other way. There's no right or wrong where it's just like, okay, you know what? I love doing this. I'm going to build it up. I'm going to have some fun on the side. And then, I don't know, it might turn into something cool. And I almost – I see both and where the benefit is. But I would say, you know, if you were to go back even now – you know, which is impossible to do, but if you were to to give advice to young Jenny, would you say, hey, start working on business earlier, or would you say, I did it, I like the way that I accidentally did it, like the path (laughs) where I built up the people and then later on started offering products and services?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. I would say, rock on with your bad self. You know, I love that I focused on content and was never hustling for traffic or numbers. I'm glad that that was never really a consideration, even though more props, like you said, more power to the people who are able to get a blog off the ground in six months. Um, and I would say to have started doing the research and to believe that it could be a business sooner. I think wow. part of the reason that I held back for so long was just fear. That Fear. Could yeah. I really make a living at this? And do I ha- I don't have sales skills. I don't have marketing skills. And, and that held me back for a long time until I finally did come around and say, you know yeah. what,
0: I won't know till I try. Yeah, it's a great point. We're going to get into the business, but before we get into the kind of the business and the book and all that kind of stuff, let's talk about sort of building your, I, I, and we could say credibility, but also traffic and bringing people in, you said uh, a big thing that you did was non-sleazy, right, networking, um, <laughs> where you got to meet other bloggers and things like that. What, what specifically did you do? Because, um, you know, a lot of people, that this is one of their big struggles. They're, they're writing, they're out there, they don't know what to do to bring in some people. Like, what were you doing? Were you at events? Were you talking to people online, all the above? What were you doing?
1: Yeah, all the above. The first community I joined was Raising Careerists. Shout okay. out to Ryan paw for Running such a kick-ass community there, and now he runs the YEC, or he helps run it. Things like that really helped me meet my peers and know who else is out there. And so from there, I was really proactive. If I resonated with someone's blog or their work, I would reach out and say, "Hey, let's schedule a call." And my friends started making fun of me that I was Jenny. Let's schedule a call.
0: Um, <laughs> nice.
1: But I loved it, and I didn't. I might have I might have had one call a week, but when you add that up over two years that's quite significant and um, you know the same thing I never had an agenda for those calls either I feel like sometimes people reach out and they want something or mm-hmm. they want to cross promo or collaborate and I resist that a little bit I, I love it for just getting to know someone and later down the road if organic opportunities come up to work together cool but I really never had an agenda uh, was, other than just meeting people and so mm-hmm. I would also go to conferences like South by Southwest and been to that three years. Going to World Domination Summit soon. And, Chris
0: Gilbo, yeah.
1: Yeah, so things like that were really nice to meet people offline. And and when
0: when you built up this community, was there anything? I mean, did you first of all did you publish on a regular schedule? Did you publish when you felt like it? Like what was sort of the your blogging over these years before you before we get to the book, which is our I think our next part in the story.
1: Before the book became really prominent in my life, I blogged pretty much twice a week. Okay regularly. I never really had a fixed schedule, the way people like Chris Gillibo are so committed to their schedule. I never had that, but minimum one time a week. Uh, usually I would aim for twice a week. And then as the book really started ramping up, I just couldn't do it all. And so then I moved to once a week. And then now <laughs> since I've been in travel mode, I, now who knows what it is. Yeah, who, kn-
0: who knows? But but it evolves. I mean, it's, it all changes. So now let's talk. we got to talk about the book. Yes. Everyone has a book story. Um, let's start with yours. Uh, tell us uh, what, first of all, was this something that you actively wanted to do at a certain point? Like you were like, "I really want to go book." Did someone approach you? Did you approach them? Tell, tell us first of all the story behind the deal, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the details of it.
1: Sure. I first of all had so many fears around this. I would say the idea first popped into my mind about 2008, okay. and I just thought I said to a coach at the time. I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have any crazy stories to tell. I've never lived abroad. There are 11 other titles with the phrase Life After College in them. Who am I to even add to this overcrowded market in this field? And, you know, they just, he just looked at me and he said, So what? If you have something to say, say it. And another friend, Shoshana Simpson, said to me, Jenny, this book may have been written. She even wrote a book called Life After College. She could have been competitive with <laughs> That's me. That's funny. She said... Yeah. Instead, she said, "This book may have been written, but it hasn't been written by you. Go get it." Mm-hmm. So I started writing it. I thought I was on a roll. I'm gonna. Before sell-
0: a pub- but like you didn't even. We're we're talking. This is pre going at talking to a publisher. You're just yeah. like I'm gonna go write the the that mofo. I'm gonna write to the, the mofo. It. Okay. Yeah.
1: Write this mofo. The, okay. the publishers was like on another realm of possibility that I wasn't even ready to entertain. Okay. So got some momentum, started writing it at the end of 2008. Was like, I'm going to self-publish. This will be out by spring of 2009. Bam. No such thing. <laughs> I hit total book block. Couldn't open the word file for six months. Fell into a depression, quarter-life wow. crisis, shitstorm of everything. Just coming, felt like it was crashing down. I was unhappy in my role at Google. I mean, I was a hot mess. Yeah. And Tough the times. last thing I could do was finish this book.
0: How would you power <laughs> through it?
1: Yeah, so so and I and I was mad at myself. I felt like I was watching my dream die on the vine. Why was I being so lazy about something that was a life dream? And really Meaning
0: writing a book was writing and publishing a book was a life dream, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. And then I realized, you know, something just wasn't right. Maybe I'm not meant to self-publish and actually I'm selling myself short by not even attempting to find a publisher and it's like applying to Harvard out of high school. It's like, I might get rejected, but I'll, at least I'll know that I have tried. And so I decided if I'm not going to be a writer right now, I'll act as if I'm a professional speaker. I went to a national speakers, a local chapter meeting mm-hmm. for Speakers Association, met Michael Larson, the author of the book, How to Write a Book Proposal. Is
0: ah, that helpful? <laughs>
1: right. He gave me his copy, and I was like, this is a sign from the universe. This is like a smack in the face being like, get back on the horse. Right. And so I wrote the book proposal. At that time, National Geographic coactively emailed me, and they said, are you interested in writing a book for Gen Y? And I thought that was spam. I yeah,
0: to... National Geographic. Aren't they like going out getting giraffes and stuff?
1: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a little weird. But the fact that they were interested, they never came through, but they kind of, I'll, for lack of a better phrase, strung me along for a couple months. Mm-hmm. But in that process, it gave me faith. Well, hey, if they're interested, if they think I'm an expert on this, then why wouldn't another publisher? And so I found an agent pretty quickly. We pitched, I got 27 no's and one yes. 27,
0: you know, so you actually pitched the darn thing 28 times.
1: Yeah, and uh, I heard everything. I heard it all, like every rejection. There's no hook, this market's oversaturated, young people don't buy books. Um, I just heard it all, and, but yet all it took was one. So Running Press made an offer and the book came out in March of 2011. So two years wow. after I originally thought. So let's
0: talk about – so the publisher was who?
1: Running Press.
0: A running Press. Okay. So now let's, let's talk about a couple of things here. Uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty business of this right. too. Mistake that I made – I'll share this. Yeah. Uh, it was that when my, when my book came out in December 2010, Smarter, Faster, Cheaper through Wiley, I didn't have too much of a goal – especially on the business end with the book. Does that make any sense? So like I was sitting there like a lot of people have, are the masters of this. Like they have the book come out, then they have the course or they have the coaching or they have some, they have some kind of thing cuz you don't make money with the book. You don't make money with the book. Uh, so 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 I did not at all. My goal was just like I just want to get this out to a lot of people and help them with the get the book. I didn't have some kind of back end model. Again, we'd be talking on the yacht right now. Trust me. Uh, on, on this kind of stuff. But I didn't really think like okay, I want this book to open doors to do this. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to I didn't necessarily want to speak all over the world on the subject. I didn't necessarily want to do certain things. So I that's kind of a mistake because I really didn't think it yeah. through maybe as much as I should have. Did you have a business goal with the book at all or was it more of a case of like lifelong dream like fairies and sprinkle dust and cupcakes? <laughs> oh, it
1: was the latter. It yeah. was unicorn sparkles, rainbows, cupcakes. Oh, unicorns, those.: Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I'm like, you I, Chris Gilbo sat down with me. It was a couple, maybe six months before the book came out, and he's like, "Jenny, the smartest thing I did was have passive, was to have products available on my website yes. that I, people came in through the book they could purchase." And I thought, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." Couldn't get it together.
0: Right, because there's there's so but, much to do with the book.
1: So much to do. I was losing my mind. I was working full time at Google, which is ah, I forgot that too. <laughs> book was coming out. I was getting ready to take an unpaid leave to do a self-funded book tour, and I just, honestly, I I lost it. I'd been working around the clock. My book was coming out in three weeks, and I fell apart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and common theme here, I know.
0: Right. Hey, listen, like you, you pull it back together, so, you know. Yeah,
1: and I just, at a certain point, it was like there was all this ambition that I had, and all I could do was get the book out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I will say that the book was a catalyst The book was when I finally started taking myself and the idea that this could be a business seriously. and I'm happy to talk about the numbers, but even though the money isn't in the book itself, it helped me feel like during that three-month sabbatical, I could really do this. And, And It took a while. It took almost the entire three months to get there, but from everyone I was meeting, from the feedback I was getting, from how I felt every day, the energy and creativity, the book was the catalyst to say, Jenny, it's now or never. Like, take your leap, and if I fail and fall flat on my face, fine. At least I know that I tried.
0: And this and this basically allowed you to quit Google, which we want to talk in, talk about for a second, or in, in a second. I want to ask the numbers. I'll share mine, too, because I don't think I ever had before. Awesome. Uh, because the books, I really don't, I'm thinking, no, I don't think I have on the show somehow, even though with my oh, big sweet. mouth. Um, so with your book, because people are going to hear this, that, have not published books. And people are going to hear this that have published books. It's a different, there's different, everything across the board. We have to get to the reality of what a book can and can't do. Um, what, was, what, did, what was your sort of deal looking like? And, and tell us anything with there, and I'll share mine as well.
1: Awesome. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. that you share yours too. Here are the numbers. So for anyone who knows, or who wants to know, Running Press made an offer for 15000 That was after we negotiated. Yep. The agent takes 15%. Yep. That's totally standard. Yep. So then I end up with 12500 Imagine that some taxes need to be paid on that. Yep. So let's just say we end up with $10,000. Ultimately, that doesn't go that far. And that's also
0: like about one cent an hour. <laughs> so if you're going to break it exactly, down for an hourly wage, exactly. trust me.
1: Trust gonna, me. Exactly. My my book journey was about two and a half to three years end to end. And so that's pennies on the hour, if that. And the 10,000 goes real fast. I mean, if you're hiring a web designer, if mm-hmm. you're throwing a book launch party, if you're hiring anyone to do anything, there that money goes. And so it's, it's not really a moneymaker. And then what people don't always realize is they think, oh, you must be making royalties. For example, Target um, bought 15,000 copies of my book. It's in oh, wow. 1,700 stores, but I haven't seen a dollar from it yet. And so for people watching, part of it is you have to earn back your advance through book sales. So right. I need to sell about 15,000 Right, books.
0: like the, you're not going to see – like your first cent is when, when you hit in royalties, not, not yeah. sales, my friends, exactly. royalties. When you <laughs> hit 15,001 cent in royalties – Yes. You'll get that one cent. You actually really don't get that one cent because I'm sure there's a minimum. So, so right. but but there's right. uh, royalties, and your royalty is is a very low percentage. I'd have to go look through my contract to actually tell you what my my lo- ro- royalty is, but I guarantee you it's like a buck or two, a book or something like that, and, maybe or, or right. something and like out that. And not
1: with Kindle, the royalty is even smaller. Right. So yeah, I mean, most authors never see royalties, um, and so that's kind of. It's definitely a springboard for things like speaking gigs, but most speaking gigs are unpaid as well. So mm-hmm. you really got to get clear on what's what's my marketable skill. For me right now, it's coaching and online courses. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to come from – you're not going to strike it rich on the book unless you're one of the lucky ones. But I'm curious to hear yeah, all Yeah, and, and
0: by the way, we're going to talk because that's going to be the – Coolest part of this, I think, it, we're gonna talk about how you then did monetize and continue yeah. to, and I think we do some similar stuff. So it's, I mean, yeah. different markets, but similar stuff. So it'd be cool to talk about. So mine, you're gonna, you're gonna laugh at this for a lot of different reasons. Uh, so first of all, I had no agent, zero agent Uh-oh. whatsoever. So I actually, the publisher came to me, um, wow. and they're like, "Do you want to do a book?" And I'm like, "Sure, I'll do a book." Uh, so uh, my deal was exactly the same as yours. Are you exactly serious? Exactly the same. So I had people tell me. That I was gonna get maybe first time author, you know, and I wrote mine. It came out in 2010. I signed it in 2009, which would have made me at what 20? Uh, let's see, that was how many years ago? Three. So I've been 24, or 25 when I signed the deal. Um, so I mine was exactly 15,000, um, and and I would <laughs> say that the, the rundown is very similar to yours, uh, as as to you know, I didn't have to pay an agent, but uh, you know I. Uh, it certainly wasn't a moneymaker by any means. Um, but, but would you say before we kind of move on to the monetization though, again, it's hard to go back. Uh, but if we were to go back, would you have – would have had a different strategy with the book at all? Like would you have had like, okay, I wanted to make sure a course was done or I wanted to make sure I had coaching available or something else that you would have done. I'm talking on the business side. Uh, that would have made more sense for you?
1: Yes. I would have Me too. loved – yeah. Totally. By the way, when I started writing "Make Shit Happen." There was an ebook in January, and the book was coming out in March. And at first, it was going to be a promo tool. I wish I could have gotten it together. Like I would have. Loved and this is your course. This, yeah. Yeah. And then since then, I created a course, "Design Your Life," that's meant to be the book come to life as a course. I wish I would have had that in place. It would have been so awesome to be like, "Hey, you just bought the book. Now the next step is to take this course and." that would have been so nice so yeah for anyone watching and also i wish i would have gotten my shit together i'm sorry if i don't know if i can swear on your
0: oh yeah we haven't said any fucking swear words (laughs) in this whole thing Yeah. Yeah.
1: okay um if uh to do a book club kit i really wish i would have gotten it together to do some kind of book club kit to get people engaged beyond the book itself they do the book club then they come to me and pay for a course of some kind that would have been a beautiful funnel didn't get it together.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I remember seeing this because uh, watching the veterans, like someone like John Jantz who wrote Duct Tape Marketing, yes. Referral Engine. John, a good friend, and, and you know, I watched his and just you know, watched him do it correctly while I did everything incorrectly. It was, <laughs> right. he, he, he did, like when his book, The Referral Engine came out, right? Yes. He had, I was like, oh, great, and I read it, and I was like, this is awesome. And the next thing you know, what do you think came up? The Referral Engine Course. Or training you know and it wasn't like oh by the way seven years later here comes the training I mean the training was like ready on, and <laughs> on, I think this you know around the same day of the book I, and again the same lesson and I think that's something that we can hammer home to people yeah. um, don't do I mean do what we did but don't don't <laughs> right. don't make that mistake if, if you're worried about revenue you know what I mean if it's just yeah. you want to hot ha- you want to show grandma all the book and you want to have some fun like that's another story too but if you're if you're in it for business purposes you, yeah. you got to have a little bit better of a, of a game plan I think
1: Something's gotta give. I I had a to-do, I mean, I created a 15-tab marketing spreadsheet that's now public if anyone wants it. But the point of of that is there are 300 given things you can be working on. You've got to really, really get clear on what your priorities are and get help. So eventually I wisened up and started working with an an intern. But, you know, it's really helpful to get clear up front. Like, what am I going to do that's going to promote the book? And what am I going to do that's going to, yeah, support my business on the back end? And, uh, If nothing else, David, it's comforting just to know
0: that you and I are (laughs) – Yeah, we need to have have like a team hug when we go hang out (laughs) somewhere and talk about this. But I want to shift now towards now what went right on the revenue stream and talking about like when this became sort of a business at this point because when the book comes out, which is unbelievable to me, you're still working at Google, uh, you're doing the blog, you get the book out, you burn out, you get back, you burn out, you get back. Uh, The book comes out. And at this point, you told me right before we start recording, this is when you go all in. You put all your chips on the table, and you decide to go all in. Why did you decide to go all in, and what was the game plan? Was it courses and coaching? Tell us about what the game plan was and then how you kind of went all in.
1: Sure. It was exactly this time last year. So my sabbatical was from March to June, and I was agonizing over that decision of should I go back to Google? I loved my job, on paper it was a dream job, I was a career development program manager, managing authors at Google, bringing amazing speakers in and yet there was a piece of me that knew that I was exhausted, knew that I didn't want to keep burning out, crashing and burning and knew that I wasn't giving my business a fair shake hmm. and so I had a few friends very powerfully say to me, "Jv, you can do this, Jv, you're better than this than to kind of not go after what you really want. And then I had one friend, Michael Ellsberg, who said, "How would you feel if, in a year from now, nothing had changed?" And I wasn't willing to accept that. I mean, I started crying. I'm like, I would feel terrible. Mm-hmm. I would feel like a hypocrite to, on my blog and in my speaking engagements and in my books, say like, "Live big and take great leaps," and for me to be <laughs> unwilling to take my own. Right. And so at that point, I looked in the mirror and I said, "Look, like I'm 28. I have a savings." Um, there's really nothing holding me back, unless, except my own fear. And yeah, Google's the big sexy company, and it's like telling people you're breaking up with Brad Pitt. They're like, "What? You know, you really think you can do better?" Right. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. For me, and what's gonna make me happy? So I decided I was willing to go six months, which was my savings. If I didn't make a penny, I would go find a job again or come crawling back to Fair enough. And I was willing to accept that reality and spend every dime to my name. Okay. Um, once I got clear on that, and I, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, build up your side hustle until you're making money, you can support yourself, then you can quit." That never happened for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was too busy. I was too burnt out. It never happened. But I will say that once I quit, um, it all worked out. I mean, here I am a year later, and money, knock on wood, hasn't been an issue. One of the first things I did was launch the Make Should Happen course. I was terrified. I thought that you know if this doesn't sell out, I'm screwed. Oh and, my how God.
0: Mu- and how much was it? Just just to give us a quick scope oh, on sure.
1: it. It was uh, two ninety seven. Okay. So Dollars. Yep. And my goal was to sell thirty six spots, which would be a ten thousand dollar launch. Okay. Now, I, as I said earlier, I was terrified to sell a $10 book.
0: Right. I mean, you, the only thing to, the, to date at this point, and realize yeah. this had been over five years at this point, yeah. right? right? The right. only thing to date that you have asked your community for in terms of money yes. was the $12 book. Yeah. Right? At this yeah. point.
1: And so I was really afraid that you know, maybe everyone's right. Maybe college grads don't want to spend a lot of money. Um, Maybe my audience is not primed to buy from me. I didn't want to offend anyone by all of a sudden asking, putting this big ticket item out. Um, But I knew the course was going to kick ass. Like I knew that it would really help people. What I wasn't good at was the sales and marketing. So I worked with my friend Andy Drish and he helped me wrap my head around the sales page and all that whole process. I started building an interest list in, in uh, June, mentioning the course.
0: And you just say like, hey, because um, I remember I did this with, it's, it's weird, yeah. we have some weird parallel stuff. It's just it's this really is... odd actually, because mine launched this year too, my course, created awesome interviews. But, uh, I remember seating it and just kind of saying, like, hey guys, like I'm yeah. thinking about doing a course and, and mine was real casual. I was like, and I hadn't made it obviously yet. And I was thinking I was like, hey, I wanna know if there's interest in this. This is what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be about creating your own interviews online. Da 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 da. Who's interested? Sign up here. And people signed up and people gave feedback and there was like all kinds of stuff. What is that sort of similar to what you did?
1: Yep. I said if you want to be notified when the course launches, put your name here. By the time it launched, I had about five hundred people on that list.
0: Oh, sweet. And-
1: yeah. So, so that was cool. I mean, you want to hear a weird parallel?
0: Ready? Yeah. Five hundred yeah. people on my list that were that were uh, like I could actually get. And by the way, if anyone does not believe us on this stuff, I am <laughs> more than happy to go get screenshots. And you're gonna be like, holy bananas.
1: So, David, then can we just agree that a year from now we'll be discussing this on a yacht?
0: Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll we'll be going sure. Gulfstream to Gulfstream. Right. Okay.
1: Cool, because like if we're on the same track, let, let's just be clear Deal. about where we're going to end up a
0: year from now. Deal. And by the way, I want to note on this real quick when you tell us about these 500 people. This was also a big benefit of these years of good work, meaning like, you didn't have to worry about like doing, like, oh, what color is going to work great in my opt-in box or stuff like that, that, that people that really have no relationship with people have right. to do to like right. kind of I, – I hate to use the word, but let's just be honest – trick people – Right. or convince them to sign up. This was more of like, hey, I've done all kinds of great stuff. If you're interested in this, I know we've been together for years. <laughs> yeah. You know, h- here you go. So totally. you start on this initial list. You get about 500 people. Um, yeah. did, did the idea for the course come out at a, a, any particular point? Like why did you decide to do this yeah. course and what, what does it do for people?
1: I had written the ebook, Make Shit Happen, and I held on to it for a while, similar to my actual book. I'd been in training and development at Google for five years, so I was really familiar with doing trainings and courses and behavior change. And I realized if I'm, I don't want people to buy a book called Make Shit Happen from me, from me, and not be supported to actually make shit happen. Like it's actually worthless if they buy this ebook, have it sit in the computer, and don't do anything. So instead, I knew I'm not going to launch this in good conscience if I'm not going to support it and back it up with homework and accountability and a community aspect and Q&A calls with me and I wanted to be clear that if you're going to read this work you're going to do the work mm-hmm. and it's my like friendly tough love side you know that like really wants people to do things and you know one person lost 60 pounds several have started writing books many started blogs quit their jobs i mean cool stuff has happened awesome so.
0: Um, and was it initially launched live? Like, what, was it like you have to get in by this date because we're going live and you're gonna miss the Q and A calls? Was that how you kind of went about it? Yep.
1: And so the first launch, just to kind of report back, did sell out. So 24 hours, ten thousand wow. okay. dollars. It Was awesome. What was?
0: Can I stop you there on that? Because th- these are one of those critical moments. Because like some people might be sitting there that make that are on their yachts right now listening to this <laughs> and saying like, oh, oh, ten thousand dollars. You know, I just t- I, I just tipped the yeah. bartender that. <laughs> there's other. There's other pe- hopefully not. There's other people like. And I I think that we need to get to reality here. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like for me, hearing that, knowing where you came from. Do you know what I mean? Like you made, yeah. you made more than you made with the book. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, right. take away all this
0: stuff. Right. Uh, take away all the stuff that you you know think. <laughs> you made more than you made with the book, uh, in in, in, a, in a launch period of a, oh, probably a few days.
1: Yeah, that's
0: so true. What 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 did that feel like for you? Like when that happened, did it was it like, holy crap! <laughs> I made the, I I I quit Google. I said stick it to the man, and now this is actually working. Like what what was the feel?
1: It was me? a huge relief. It was it was a huge relief. It felt like okay, I can have some faith in myself. This is gonna carry me a few months of me being my frugal entrepreneur. Get just getting going, and I felt like yes. Okay, like if I can sell it, you know, and, and I over it for those 36. So, I mean, everybody wins in that scenario. And I just felt like, all right, it gave me faith, it gave me hope. I will say that when I relaunched the course in January, a few months later, I got half the enrollment. Mm-hmm. So, it didn't sell out. And so, that was a big question around, I'm not big into marketing, I really don't like it. Um, so, it's like, how can I marry my, my desire for authenticity um, with sales, you know, like, I'm still answering that question and I still don't have all the answers. So just also I want to say like just because you have one $10,000 launch does not mean that that list is going to always provide you a $10,000 launch. Right. It's really going to take some fine-tuning and adjusting because I'm going to relaunch in July and I actually have no freaking clue if I'll get two people or if it's going to sell out.
0: Right. And and, 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 and is the model that you went for this though – sort of like you got to sign up by a date right like so just like a course like in college basically yeah. like right you have to sign up by a date you take the course there's a beginning a middle and end. you're a graduate you're done and then there's it's not so for example like someone couldn't sign up you know tomorrow or or a, any day that they wanted to there's certain times to sign up there's certain times you're actually doing the course and then there's certain times you can sign up certain times you actually in the yeah. course Is that right
1: Yes, and I visit. I'm so glad you asked this because for anyone who's considering building a course, um, for starters, I use Rizuku, in case that's helpful information. You know what
0: that is? I'm gonna link it up though. What is it? How do you? What the heck is Rizuku?
1: R U Z U K U, and it's awesome. It it helps you create like a very intuitive, user-friendly online course. Oh, I use them. Um, there, was, I have thought a lot about this by doing the cohort model and the launch model there's a ton of value that they get from feeling like they're a group together. And I mm-hmm. realized one of people's favorite aspects of the course was going through it with other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Then I debated, well, but for me, the business person, the more scalable way is on demand. People can sign up at any time. Anytime they want. That gets a little more a little more anonymous, a little more scattered, a little more, um, like I would have to just be randomly doing Q&A calls all the time. So I hesitated. I meant to launch that earlier this year, and I didn't. So now what I'm trying to do possibly is a hybrid where I still am gonna do the cohort model, but I'm gonna allow people to enroll at any time.
0: Oh that's so interesting kind of
1: haphazard about the dates, but I think what I need to do now is say it's gonna launch in July and it's gonna launch in October and you can sign up at any time and kind of pay and be enrolled. And then you'll be notified when it starts. So okay. I will marry the two.: Yeah, and I, and
0: I think the lesson is that, honestly, just from what I've seen with a lot of different courses, myself and other people, there's no right way to do it. Right. Um, you know I've seen people that have had success with 100 percent live. I've seen yeah. ha- people have massive success with 0% live. I've seen 50-50. Okay. I've, seen, I've seen a variety of different things. I've seen you can sign up every time. You can sign up for right. 24 hours. I mean, it, it, there's, there's, that's kind of fun about this, is you can kind of see what works, see what doesn't, and kind of you know, go from there. And, and for you, you didn't do any too fancy. I mean, it's basically a page, go sign up, and here's what you're going to get. And there's no, like, BS. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And I even say in my <laughs> sales video, I'm like, I don't know how the hell to write a sales page. This is me, this is what you're gonna get. When I relaunch it, it's gonna be the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's me. And what I wanna say too, you're absolutely right. So much of this is about testing. And for me, I had to remind myself to take my ego out of it. Like if the course doesn't sell out, not to take it personally, Mm -hmm. that's information that I need to learn about sales or marketing or who knows what, clarity of what I'm offering. I mean, so I think if you can take your ego out a little bit in order to test and experiment and try new things, Cool, then it's always an evolution and and to also have your ear to the ground and just
0: ask people right yeah and and why did you decide by the way on going the course route um, because you know let's just break it down there's different ways you could go you could go course you could go um, some kind of advanced study ebook which I don't really like so actually let's just eliminate that one you could go course you could go uh, a membership site you oh, could right. go some different routes. Was there something sp- specific about a course, or is that just where you wanted to start, or, or what, w- what was kind of cool about it for you?
1: Yeah, because I have a background in one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. and I did that on the side. I did that at Google. I love, love working with people, and I realized after when I was on my book tour, almost everyone I knew. There's that. New York I like York
0: the New York thing. City. Uh, we get the authentic New York City. Yeah, you know, feel
1: just so you can taste the city. Today. Yeah. Um, Almost everyone I spoke with was tiptoeing around a big goal, whether it was running a marathon, writing a book, starting a business. And so the reason I decided on the course was because I love my one-on-one coaching, and that's absolutely a, a foundational piece of what I do. But the course would allow me to scale that. And then I could work with 36 people at one time, and they could help each other. And it's been such a joy. I mean, it's so fun to get to see them build relationships with each other, and I actually just... Hosted my first uh, Make Shit Happen Creative Weekend of Genius in New York. Ah. Seeing people flew out from all over the world in Canada. Or sorry, all over the country. In yeah, Canada. North America. And uh, yeah, there we go. The world. Yeah. Um, and that was so fun. And it reminded me that there's something beautiful about bringing people together and going after a common goal or even if different goals, but going after it at the same time. And so the course, it just it lined up with the things that I love and um and, and really part of what i'm enjoying about entrepreneurship is diversity so some blogging, some one on one coaching mm-hmm. some course running some speaking as long as and some yoga teaching and as long as i can stay engaged by having diversity in what i do that feels fun so it's really not about one thing it's just having a different like a whole array you
0: will. Very cool. And was that event also a revenue generator as well? Like people pay a ticket price and they come out and you know, do the thing?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really run it as a revenue generator, yeah. I, I could have but I ran it more like a pilot and so a lot of the money that people paid to register kind of just went back into the event itself. But I got great feedback, I realized, hell yeah, I could do this and maybe one day it will be 100 people in New York. and. Maybe it'll be the East Coast World Domination Summit. I don't
0: know. Right. Yeah. Hey, Hey. you never know. I might have to come out and do some yoga. Who knows? But That's right. Now, we got to – so as we kind of wrap up here in a few minutes, um, <laughs> you got a lot of stuff going on now. You know, you, gotta, you, got, you got a lot of different things here. Now, you, do you have a yoga studio or is it cla- – like what do you – you have something else on the side here. What, what is it?
1: Do you? it's um, geekyogaNYC.com. Okay, geek, it's the website. geek
0: yoga. That's <laughs> awesome. Yep. and
1: it's every Thursday night. It's I, I rent a studio at the Yoga Collective, which is awesome, and it's a bunch of young entrepreneurs and go-getters. And there's as many men as women. There's many people who've never done yoga, and that's what I love about it. That yoga can be very intimidating for people. All those bendy models and actresses, especially in New York. And so I wanted to have a place. Those of us who sit hunched over at our computer all day, right,
0: like do this, yeah.
1: release that stress and get to know each other. We joke that it's detox then retox. Yeah, and well, it's, it's 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 funny because
0: a lot of times if you if you're working from home or doing stuff like this, you sometimes don't see people. So you know,
1: and this is like guaranteed social hour. So anyone, if you're visiting New York or coming through Thursday night, come all and say right,
0: hi. Geek Geek Yoga <laughs> NYC. Now yes. I gotta ask. You know, you mentioned you mentioned. before as we wrap up here. Um, your first big goal that you had when it came to monetizing and kind of turning this into like you know not having to go work and having this lifestyle, you were like I want I want to well you wanted to make more than zero uh, then, then 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 you so you you've hit that um, is there now a new goal like do you have a specific thing that you're hoping to hit in a certain period of time or like what's your next big goal when it comes to to monetization of this.
1: Man, that is a brilliant question. I
0: never asked it before. I'm just going to shut up. I was like, I was proud of myself. I was like clapping on the side here. (laughs) I
1: know. To come full circle, it's so funny you ask. Today's blog post is about, I don't know what's next. But within that, I am clear that I love what I'm doing and I'm turning 30 next year. By the time I turn 30, I probably will shift my overall brand over to Jenny Blake and have it have it be a little broader. So that's, it kind of goes full circle where we started this interview. And I don't know exactly what form that will take as far as revenue. uh, Six figures would be nice, not going to lie. Living in New York is quite expensive. So um, we'll see if I hit that. And and I also just spent a month in Bali in Thailand and realized that you can live like a king or queen for 15,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So there's also that, that really cool insight that that it came to me, which is like, you know, if I ever really do need a break, I can go live in Thailand and you can rent an amazing studio for one hundred fifty dollars for the month. So I get now why the why everyone, all those expats and bloggers who do the location dependent stuff. I get it. It's a cool option to have in mind.
0: All right, very cool. And last question before we give some links out and some other cool stuff yeah. too. There's people that you know that are that watch or listen to this at all all stages of the. Uh, the business game with this you know there's some people that uh, have a niche they're dominating it they're just looking to dominate a little bit more there's people that are getting started there's people that you know are on the yacht right there's that whole mix so let's say that there's someone that is more sort of in where your shoes were. Let's just say that they were working something on the side or they had some kind of side thing and then their expert business or whatever you want to call it, the, you know, kind of the the information business was on the side. And they're like, you know, I want to think I want to do the leap, but I I don't really know. What what would you say to those people that are kind of on that fence right now?
1: I would say get clear on a few things. One, what is your area of expertise? Mm-hmm. It's not enough anymore just to be a blogger and write an e So what is your one thing? And, and that area of expertise can serve as an income bridge. What I mean by that is, are you a web designer? That's cool if you don't want to do that full time, but have a way that you can bridge your income when you do take that leap, that you're not just waiting to get clients in this new area if, if that's even what you're going for. Right. And the other thing I would say is, it really helped me to have some clarity around the numbers. So how many months of savings do you have? At what point will you go for plan B? What is your plan B? And if you can find some comfort in that, then the rest of it really is accepting some amount of uncertainty and going with your gut. So your gut will tell you when it's time and you know. And just like me, I think the question is around, you know, what will you regret most? And if not now, when? And to kind of ask yourself, I know those are a little bit cliched at this point, but um, for at a certain, at a certain point, no decision is final, you know? So if you quit your job and you give it a go and you need to go look for part-time work or full-time work again, I know many people who have done that too. And there's no shame in that.
0: All right. It's I love fun. it. Yeah. Bottom line, listen, go make shit happen, right? That's, yeah. that's, a, that's the exact thing. So let's give, Jenny, by the way, this has been awesome. And I think now we, we might be twins. I really don't <laughs> know. I think we need to have some kind of twin, <laughs> Twin. there's like some twin power here. Um, so, uh, some links. Uh, tell, us, tell us about anywhere people can check out. Um, does the course have a link? Does it have an affiliate too? If not, either way, I don't care. But we're, we'll, we're going to link something up in the show notes for you with that, but tell us where, where to go.
1: No affiliate program yet. Again, if I could get my shit together, I would have one, Fine. but I just got to get to it. Um, speaking of which, so to get to the course page to be notified, we are going to relaunch at the end of July. So that's make-shit-happen.com Don't spell out the dashes, just punch them in there. And then everything else is linked to from my blog, lifeaftercollege.org. And then I do want to say, for anyone working on a book or who wants to check out that 15 tab book marketing spreadsheet…
0: Oh yeah, that'd be great. I'm sure some people would.
1: …link to that. And it's gotten like 7,000 downloads or something. Cool. Um, For that, go to, you know what? I'm going to give you the inside, inside scoop. Normally, people have to sign up for my newsletter to get all my templates. But if you and your viewers, thank you all for watching this far. want to check it out. Just you go made
0: to, it. You made it through this entire thing. This is your yeah. prize.
1: Go to lifeaftercollege.org templates. Okay. And the bookmarking template's on there. Hey, if you still want to sign up for my newsletter, I only write it about every one and a half months. So I promise not to spam you. And I really do share this transparent kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. So, it's really not about marketing. It's more if you want to follow along my business adventures. All
0: right, awesome. Well, I, we make sure. So, go get your free stuff, sign up for the newsletter, sign up for the do all that kind of stuff. JB, you're a rock star. Um, we're going to, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to do like a catch up in like maybe like a year yeah. or something, you know, on the show. And we'll, we'll see where you're at then, which okay. I, I'm okay. sure is going to be awesome. And uh, go get them and good luck.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone for watching. And DSG, you're the man.
0: And that's it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jenny Blake. Uh, you know, it's fun. I mean, that, that's what I love about you guys and kind of the Rise Nation, if you will, is that we always feel like we can share stuff with you. You know what I mean? Like, I can share anything with you guys because you guys are cool like that and we're cool like that. So, you know, a lot of these details I would never show share elsewhere. But, you know, here on the Rise to the Top... That's really what it's all about. So thank you to Jenny for coming on and thank you for tuning in. A big quick reminder, a big thanks to our sponsors. Go to webinar, head over to go to webinar.com, click the try it free button under the promo code Special for 45 days free and get your webinar on and Carbonite the Better Backup Plan. Period. You do not want to lose those files. Head over to Carbonite.com. No credit card required. Do the do the free trial. And then if you get a plan, Enter the promo code RISE and get two additional months free. And also you can find Create Awesome Interviews, which I have talked about, creating your own online interview empire and building your brand that way. It's createawesomeinterviews.com slash let's do it for my complete system. So I will see you next time. I'm David Seitman-Garland, and I will see you next time on the Rise to the Top. Bye-bye.